0: Hello and welcome to Diverse and Inclusive Leaders, the podcast show where I interview the most inspirational and thought-provoking leaders of today and unearth their unique stories of diversity and inclusion to help inspire, educate and motivate others to make the world a better place. Today I'm super excited to be joined by the fabulous Kirsty Rogers. Kirsty is the executive head of Manchester's office at DWF, which is a globally recognised law firm. Not only does Kirsty head up um, the exec side at the Manchester office, but she also wears a number of different hats, including being board trustee for We Mind the Gap, board member for the Northwest Academies Trust, or NWAT. She's also chair of the Board of Governors at Delamere Academy and on the Board of Trustees for Vision for Children. Um, Frankly, I don't know how she fits it all in because I know at the moment things are super busy as an employment lawyer, given the time of crisis that we are in. Um, So very appreciative of of her joining us here today. And so, Kirsty, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Leila. Lovely to meet you. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: You're most welcome. And, and thank you so much for being here. I know that we've kind of, we've chatted offline and I've had the opportunity to learn about many of the different facets of your life. And actually, I think it's, it's really quite interesting hearing not only about some of the pieces that, that that you have on the personal side, but also how on earth you manage everything that you're doing, um, you know, from, from a holistic point of view, given what's happening at the moment. So I know that you're being... Um, you know, approach left, right and centre and working God knows how many hours given this pandemic. But um, I wonder whether just for the benefit of of those tuning in today, whether you might be able to kind of give a bit of a a brief, almost synopsis of of your background and, and how you came to be where you are today and how you came to be wearing all these multiple different hats and be so involved in the world of diversity, inclusion and belonging in addition to your job. (laughs)
1: Well, I'm I'm quite lucky in that my job as an employment lawyer uh, lends itself very well to diversity. So my day job, as it were, and my core job as an employment lawyer uh, includes a lot of discussion around diversity and equality, uh, which has always fascinated me in any event. Um, I also am of an age where I've been around so long that I've met a lot of people and I get asked quite a lot. Um, for advice and support, and that has naturally led me into different roles. I'm not very good at saying no. In fact, my sort of motto for life has been... if there's an opportunity, give it a go, see where it takes you. It can only broaden the mind. Um, my husband likes to say, "Well, you stop saying yes to everything? But actually, that's why I've had such a varied life. Uh, and I find that quite often the roles I do cross over and they're useful to one another. Uh, and the fact that I've got quite a low boredom threshold also feeds into um, me doing all these different things uh, because uh, I can try out lots of different things. But I am fortunate in that the roles I do do cross over and are interlinked uh, and I can put to use some of the skills I've got in one place in, in, in the other roles they're all hugely interesting and I also have a need to feel needed and that's probably an insecurity on my part uh, which drives me to do more and to try and make a difference because that makes all of us feel better about ourselves I think.
0: Thanks so much for for sharing that and I just love that it's just beautiful that piece of piece of vulnerability there and I think deep down and probably everyone who's listening is thinking me too me too (laughs) no actually I think we all as humans feel that need to want to belong or or, or want to be needed. And, um, you know, I guess clearly... Uh, clearly you're appreciated because there's so many different people that rely on you for so many different things um, that, that that is I mean that, that's really fantastic and I you know I guess I'd also if you don't mind me saying so I'd never guessed that you would feel that need given you have been so successful and I wondered because you obviously you did law when you were at university in Sheffield you know, a number of years ago um, you know whether it was you know did you always kind of want to be within law? Was that kind of the designated path? Because as an outsider looking in, it looks very kind of, you know, linear, straight up into the portfolio. And and it's kind of, um, you know, has it been as easy as it looks? Or have there been challenges along the way?
1: Uh, I I certainly didn't have my uh, career planned out for me. Uh, And even even recently, I would say I still was deciding what I was going to be when I grow up. Uh, I did law at university because I thought it would give me the greatest options in terms of another career because I, I am quite in, indecisive and didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, uh, and after university, uh, I, I was offered a job through a sports club, actually. I, I play, played women's rugby and they offered me a, tra- a training contract through one of the partners there worked at, one of the firms. And I ended up uh, as um, a paralegal and then decided, well, I might as well qualify. And um, then I did. And, and the rest is history, really. Um, it certainly wasn't what I always yearned to do, nor what I thought I would necessarily be best at. But it has uh, been a great career. And I have worked with a lot of very fabulous people and lots of people within the community uh, that I work in. Um, which has enabled me uh, to to have a variety of different roles, which is extremely privileged in this day and age. So I, you know, I have a good job, I get, I have interesting work, um, and I'm able to do things for other people. So I don't think you can ask for more, really.
0: Wonderful. And I wonder, because I know that you are an expert, especially when it comes to kind of gender inequality and kind of really almost balancing those scales, especially when it comes to. Uh, you know, making sure that people are not being discriminated against and and, and such. Um, You know, was the interest in, in, in kind of being on the gender diversity side because of any personal experiences? And also, what have your observations been as you've gone up throughout the ranks in your career? You've kind of looked and worked with all of these other leading global organizations and things like that. What have been your observations when it comes to pieces around the gender parity piece?
1: Again, I think I've been quite lucky in terms of the support I've had and sponsorship I've had through my career. But I don't think that's been as equal for other people in other organisations or or even as I've gone along through different places um, in terms of both men and women. And I've seen that, um, but not for any obvious reason uh, so I, I'm not sort of saying that what I've witnessed generally has been outright discriminational there, there is some of that but the the way in which uh, businesses work has naturally meant that opportunities are not not as easy or haven't been as easy they're becoming easier um, for women than men because of the roles that we play in society so it's been a journey in terms of well what can we do to change the dial and make sure everyone has an equal opportunity and that we get the best out of everyone and making sure that actually people can succeed as themselves and not as somebody else or behaving like a man for example to get to where you think you need to be but behaving as yourself to get to that place uh, and understanding that different styles of leadership can work equally well but all are needed Um, and so that so that has fascinated me uh, and because of my role in looking at case law around Uh, discrimination and then looking at my leadership role and the the leaders that we've got and who's coming through and the proportion of men and women in law etc how do how do we encourage that i've been able to do that um within the organizations i've worked in but also through other organizations as i've advised them and then um through education you know you know looking at the uh communities have worked with uh, around what they are doing to to make sure things like unconscious bias um, are understood and um, dealt with in a different way so that we get greater engagement across the board from everybody. Um, as you go along if that makes sense.
0: No it makes absolute sense Uh, and, and like you I fundamentally believe that education is the cornerstone to really getting people to fully understand and then engage because you know, long gone I suppose are those days where, where beating people with sticks to make them do certain things is actually going to work. It's almost like you you, you said there, um, you know, bringing people along that journey so they can really see the actual, um, you know, why's and and the how. Then they can they can look at the world almost through a, a different lens. Now, I know that you're working with some very very high profile kind of you know footsie fortune kind of organisations which I know that we can't mention here, but um, you know, I wonder whether you can talk me through some of the, the, the pieces that, that you have done with these organisations when it comes to kind of un, unconscious bias, um, when it comes to some of the pieces that have been the kind of, I suppose the real watchouts when it comes to discrimination and um, things that companies really need to be addressing um, because for, for those that are listening in um, you know, who maybe don't have some of these pieces in place, I'd be curious for them to, to kind of learn more about out why they should be investing in unconscious bias and why they should be really doing this and then maybe how because tangible tools tips real life case studies and methodologies are a really fantastic way for, for for people to learn
1: and i think it depends on the organization and their approach to it but fundamentally the world has changed massively even more so in the last month or so but even before then where where the world of work was even 20 years ago is very different to where it is now and where it's going to be and businesses need to understand where they are in that change and what they've done to prepare for that change as well as what they're going to do to prepare in the future for that change and a lot of that is about understanding who they've got to work with and how they can get the most out of them Um, and if you don't understand the decisions that you're making and why you're making them and the bias you've got in relation to them you will continue with the same um, decisions you've always made which are probably not fit for uh, the future or should be altered for the future because the future is a very different place um, and I think an acceptance of everybody for who they are will get the best out of, of people and will also make you more attractive to a wider pool of talent um, and assumptions that people make for example possibly in relation to people um, who have got disabilities or um, people who need to work from home uh, are, are in the future and um, Need to be need to be challenged. Uh, you know, so the stereotypes uh, that you have of oh, you know, if you're at home and you've got young children, you're not going to be able to focus as much as it, uh, other people, and you can't travel abroad. Um, that needs to be challenged in terms of well, is that really the case? Um, don't you just give everybody the option and see how they manage rather than uh, apply your thought process before you engage with with the people that you work with and um, i'm not sure if i'm making that very clear
0: it, no you're it, making absolute sense you're basically saying we need to challenge stereotypes because unfortunately they have existed and it's not a blame game that we are saying here i think it's the understanding for organizations to realize there's so much untapped talent out there and i mean let's face it you know kirstie you're a wonderful example of living proof that actually can have um you know multiple external roles hold um you know very senior position and also look after a family as well which is ultimately um you know what perhaps thoughts of yesteryear's leaders might have said well that's impossible
1: and i think also uh, being able to accept that you're not going to do everything perfectly but uh, you don't let perfect get in the way of progress is is my motto I love uh, that. You do the best that you can every day um, and get other people to help you i think and, and not be i think humility is is a big thing being able to say well i can't do it perfectly i need your help with this uh, but and understanding what you do well and what someone else can do to support you and giving people the credit for that i think that 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 can be a huge uh, benefit both to you and to them and um, in terms of helping other people up and helping people see that they can do it what i find with 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 women in particular but also men as well is um confidence can hold people back and they, they they don't want to admit that they are worried about something so they they possibly don't do something because of their anxiety about it instead of trying uh, and saying well it may not be perfect but here goes let's give it a go a bit like this interview Layla. <laughs>
0: you're absolutely fantastic and again it just uh, it baffles me but again I shouldn't shouldn't kind of stereotype there that those in senior positions you know will not automatically kind of have that confidence you know at the end of the day we we um you know we are all human and we should really be be, be kind of you know be, be kind to ourselves. but um I think it's a very interesting point there that you men- mentioned about confidence and actually it relates very specifically um you know to the piece that you said earlier about. The fact that it's okay to lead in different ways. And I I, mean, I think I said this when we were last speaking that I personally felt that. I think, you know, spending a lot of times in boardrooms with my other hat on, which is, you know, of course, executive search, as you know, spending a lot of time in, in boardrooms with mainly what would be kind of middle aged white guys, um, many of whom are, I think are fantastic. So, you know, kind of disclaimer there. <laughs> but you find yourself behaving in almost uh, beating your hands on your chest kind of gorilla mentality often because you feel the louder you are the more you might get listened to and no, I think what you said about being authentic and actually finding almost what it is that makes you stand out for being yourself is is critically important you know not only is it critically important for self-fulfillment and happiness because I was desperately unhappy trying to fit in for many years but Mm. I think You kind of take so much energy pretending to be something that you're not. I mean, they say it's 30% worth of your energy is sucked up by fitting in for those minority groups that are trying to fit in. It's 30% and you think, wow, God, if that went into productivity for all the people that feel or have felt anxiety or not, you know, like they haven't um, belonged into a particular group at work or school or whatever, be very it's, very
1: different it's exhausting trying to be something that you're not uh, and and then have, but having the confidence to be yourself is also quite hard and I think that does come with experience you do uh, worry less about what people might think about you um, but it, it, it is still there and I am astonished at the number of, uh, of leaders particularly women leaders who don't have very much confidence in fact the more senior they are the the less they seem to have Uh, and it certainly uh, before the pandemic completely kicked off we were due to have a confidence conference within our firm for um, sort of uh, people on on our promotion programs and women coming up to the higher levels uh, um, of responsibility and management within the firm to talk about confidence and how we can make the most about that and give people a chance to be themselves and succeed as themselves um, and, it, you know, look at a support network around that because uh, I think that's hugely important. And I, I, I set it up because more and more people were coming to me to say, I just, I've got, a, 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 I'm worried about this, my confidence is low and I'm really struggling. And, it, you know, it was a, it was an ongoing pattern it, it was affecting everyone, including me, uh, and was not just limited to our organization. It certainly seemed to be prevalent in a number of places. And that's not to say it's, it's limited to women at all. It absolutely isn't. Um, but there is certainly a group there that needed some support. So start there.
0: I love that terminology. And in fact, anyone who's listening in, you should all have a confidence conference. <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I think you know, it's almost, and I think it is a human, humanistic thing here, isn't it, that you just presume that everyone else has got it and you haven't, which is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And The more that we talk and the more that we share, that we realise actually everyone is not perfect. You know, We all come in different shapes and different sizes and we all walk our own different walks, don't we? And so um, you know, being that, I guess, is absolutely, absolutely okay. And, um, you know, I guess before we, we kind of we run out of time today, because there's a whole number of things that I, I really would like to, to ask you, Kirstie. In fact, so much that I could do another podcast with you quite happily. Um, but I, I wondered whether um, you might be able to, to kind of just share um, with, with our, our listeners um, any of the kind of the top tips that you have learned yourself because um, you know as a female myself who, who also battles with, with confidence issues and trying to you know push to break out the um, you know the parapet you know, when other people are watching especially in this social media savvy world that we live in now and um, you know what are some of the top tips for women or indeed men that are not only lacking in confidence but kind of thinking you know, hey, I'd like to be be at that level one day, and you know, it, it might be easy for someone to say who's at that senior level right now, but how can I get there if I'm not there already?
1: I think taking any opportunities that are offered to you is really important, but also connecting with people at at your early stage. Of career uh, because those people also move up uh, with responsibility as as, um, time goes on Uh, so keeping your connections close uh, making as many of them as you can taking the opportunities that you can not being afraid to fail and staying with yourself you know stay with yourself and who you are um, and develop your confidence around that Asking for help is another thing that it can be hard to do, but is really, really important.
0: Thank you so much, Kirsty. And um, just before, you know, just before we whip into the, the lightning round, I guess, um, you know, I, I should mention here, I know we've talked a lot about, about kind of gender diversity um and, and you know to a degree kind of discrimination but so many different wonderful things that I, I I you know encompass diversity inclusion and and belonging you know be it physical diversities be it kind of um you know invisible diversities I know Kirs you're very passionate about many different areas including um you know including children and kind of parenting which I think you know this flexible way of working um you know which more so now with given COVID-19 is, is kind of very very important. I wonder whether we could kind of chat a little bit, um, you know, just uh, about that um, before kind of going into the lightning round.
1: Yeah, and, and we've done a lot of flexible working over the years, even before COVID-19, although it is on a a, a grand scale now. Uh, and that's enabled us to attract and retain people whom we may otherwise have lost because of caring responsibilities. Uh, and I think not just caring for children, but possibly caring for parents now as well or elderly people. Um, so I, I think sort of flexible working is a huge way of engaging and retaining people. Um, I think it also enables you to have more of a work-life balance. But invariably, people who have other obligations are... um, get better or are better at managing their time because they have to be um once you are faced with having to take on other responsibilities you naturally become better at managing your time it doesn't mean that you're any less effective in the role that you do um it's just that you you have to be more organized about it i'm far from perfect in that respect but I, i can um focus better and prioritise better than I ever used to be able to prior to having children Uh, and uh, in the same way I can prioritise their stuff. At the moment, I'm (laughs) sorting out uh, their timetable for the day with homeschooling and then what I've got to do and making sure that we're up in time to get them started. And then I can go and do calls and then go back to them and make sure that I'm around when I need to be around, uh, but uh, manage that alongside Uh, My husband, who's also at home uh, and the time that he can give to them. But so so the whole thing is a a measure of communication and cooperation, uh, taking responsibility and organisation. If you can do all that, you're generally pretty good at your job. Um so uh, uh, I have to say the content of my children's lessons is probably the hardest thing I do every day <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> at the moment.
0: <laughs> I love that phrase though communication and cooperation and I think that probably rings so yeah. true for many who are listening in and you know I have to say I haven't got kids yet which I think I mentioned to you when we last spoke but I can't wait to have children and I always admire and I'm slightly fearful of the time when it comes to be balancing everything because I think oh god, god I'm so busy right now how on earth to fit in children as well but clearly, it is possible the art of possible is possible so thank you so much for sharing um and just quickly last couple of questions into the lightning round but I wonder um you know first and foremost and it's quite a big question to ask but um you know what have been you know if there's one kind of secret that you had to to success what 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 would it be
1: I suppose I'm quite resilient and just keep going uh, I never give up really I I, I, I do keep on and off uh until I get a job done it's very straightforward. There's nothing magic about it, Leila, at all.
0: There isn't anything magic about it, but it is amazing how many people do give up when the times get tough. And now I always, it's one of my favorite questions. It's so simple. But I interview, as you know, lots of CEOs and C-suite inspirational inspirational leaders like yourself. And I always ask them this question and resilience always comes up as well as hard work resilience or persistence because ultimately there's similarities but um, you know he or she who who continues on will eventually get there as opposed to that person that might be really smart but just can't be bothered to find the answer so I completely agree and um, who's been your biggest inspiration as well in your life be it personal or professional?
1: Probably my dad Um, and sadly I lost him quite early on but uh, he was inspirational in terms of you know he there was nobody who loved his job more he was environmentalist in the end and worked with nature but he loved it and made that obvious to everybody and to us and we learned a lot from him and he was but he was always there for us as well you know constantly supporting us constantly telling us we could do stuff I, I suspect that's where i got a lot of it from is that he was always there saying hey he can do and supporting us no matter what and um, uh, and you know d- but being very passionate about his own work and what he could do uh, for the environment so you know uh, that that i would say is he was probably my biggest inspiration
0: that's so lovely. And I'm sure that your children are getting the benefits of everything that you've learned from your father as well. But yeah. I, I completely concur. You know, family is just so, so much the important thing. And yeah, I think there's, there's, yeah. there's no one more great really than the parents. Um, but finally, I, I wondered, um, before we wrap up for today, if you were to go back many years um, when you were I don't know perhaps at university back at Sheffield and you were talking back to the young Kirsty what advice might you have given your younger self or indeed anyone who is listening in or about to embark on a corporate career thinking what am I going to do?
1: I think stop worrying about what people think of you Uh, for a long time and even now I really affected by people's opinion of me when I should just get on with what I know is right and what I think is the right thing to do and not worry so much about the impact it might have uh, and I think that goes back to confidence but I, I, I generally think stop worrying about what everybody else thinks and do what you know is right and what you think is the best thing to do.
0: Thanks so much Kirsty, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thanks Layla. <laughs> By way of a quick summary, as, as I usually do, and there's, there's loads of great nuggets of wisdom here, um, but the things that really stood out for me is you can be a fantastic leader and still have a huge amount of humility, which, which Kirsty you have got in abundance, you know, you're kind of, you know, very, very humble about, you know, many different things, you know, about wearing all these different hats. And... You know, I just love that. And I think it's important for leaders to have that and to to remain grounded, you know, as kind of normal people that others can look up to and still relate to. Um, so I, I just absolutely love that. And I think, you know, sharing some of those personal pieces there, especially around the gender diversity side, I think it is so, so important. I mean, ultimately, 50% of the population are women and so we really do need to give a leg up to those um who might be struggling you know especially when it comes to the confidence piece and um you know and i guess also saying yes i think that's another thing that, that has come out today and i hope um this podcast has inspired many people who are thinking oh should i shouldn't i don't know if i've got confidence do it or not put your hand up say yes what's the worst that can happen you are human at the end of the day it might be scary reaching out to people for help especially more senior people than yourself but remember they're only people worst they can do is say no they probably aren't going to anyway but stick with people have got you know great ethos um you know great morals and great leaders and and ultimately keep on being being resilient keep on saying yes and um make sure you give back i think it's more poignant now than ever before given the coronavirus situation and so um, hopefully this podcast has inspired you um to get up and, and say yes to to one other thing that, uh, that might be coming into you because you never know where it's going to take you. <laughs> Thanks so much Thanks. again, Kirsty. And you. Thank you. My name is Layla Mackenzie Dellas, and you've been listening to the podcast show Diverse and Inclusive Leaders. We're with you every week, although we're here more frequently due to the unprecedented times at the moment. You've been listening to the fabulous uh, Kirsty um, today, um, sharing some really great tips and tricks here. Um, if you'd like to check out anything that, uh, that we've talked about in the show today, they'll all be in the show notes on our website. So don't worry if you've not managed to write everything down. Visit wwwdalglobalorg forward slash podcast or www.laylamackenzie.com forward slash podcast. We'll put all the show notes in there for you. You can also reach out to myself with any questions and all Kirsty as well. She's very, very busy at the moment, so she (laughs) takes a while to come back to you. Don't worry. But, um, you know, again, if you have been affected by anything in today's show, please make sure you speak out and get in touch. Bye for now.